You're listening to the Write Project Podcast and Radio Program. This is a show about writing and modern Newfoundland author culture. This show is produced and recorded at CHMR 93.5 FM in Newfoundland and can be heard on that station and online at chmr.ca. I am your host, Matthew LeDrew, founder of Engine Books and author of the Xander Drew series, a supernatural detective thriller from Engine Books. If you'd like to subscribe to get bonus content, including an extra episode every month, you can do that in the description below. Thank you for joining us. Let's see what we have today. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for another special episode of the Right Project podcast. Uh, Today, we are joined by a very special guest. We are joined by Karen Yakey, uh, the author of the new book, Home Beyond Hell. Uh, which I have a bit of an odd history with. I was actually hired to do some <laughs> uh, some work on Newfoundland accents in this book, which is You're very, very funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the least expert expert anyone has ever hired. Um, but yes, thank you so much for coming on the Right Project podcast, Karen. I am glad to be here. Thank you, Matt. Uh, no, no worries at all. Okay. Tell me about this book. So from the back cover, it says, Mistakes Can Kill You. Captain Ethan Evans has been running from his for two years. Europe is a big place. He and his outlaw army of ex-soldiers are good at surviving. But commanding a crumbling Dutch fort in the Netherlands might be just another mistake. That is very interesting. But tell me, and it takes place in the future, like, This is a 2066, so it's almost like time is a circle, and I know there's romantic elements in this. There's a lot happening. Please tell me what's up with this. An epic dystopian romance that blends humor, action, dark drama, and is uh, reminiscent of a Beauty and the Beast slash Mad Max mashup that sounds like the stuff of insanity yeah it's um that's it's just status quo for me but (laughs) but yeah it's it's a it's been a it's been a fun ride so far it is anticipated to be a very long running series um i'm not exaggerating when i say we might get into books 15 16 20 it's got a lot of room to run it it is going to be end up being sort of a generational epic as well so that's part of the reason um, I'm going to try not to beat me dead horses just for the sake of several books. But uh, yeah, I, I envision this as a near future fiction. That's why I had to set it in 2066. Uh, it kind of pushes it out just far enough that it, it's kind of eerie that a lot of the things that I write about in there are very, um, very likely <laughs> to be possible. Uh, one of the, the characteristics of that world is that all the countries um, in the, across the globe have become isolationist. They're closing their borders to kind of protect themselves. There's well, been, good uh, thing there's no <laughs> talk of anything like that happening. I really. know, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, it's such, such a fantasy. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> but, no. uh yeah, that it's and you know they're trying to protect themselves from economic deterioration because you know there's there's all sorts of uh, domino effect um, triggers that that have that happen, but that that kind of creates this world of it's a little bit in chaos. So you do have these bands of marauders that have kind of cropped up and they take advantage of that chaos and they prey on people and um, you know go in steal stuff hurt people, what have you. You always got, yeah, you always have some of those. So that's sort of the Mad Max element. 
And um, there are some that have managed to cross borders between countries, although it's very, very difficult. But one of them is this renegade army that's commanded by a U.S. ex-army captain named Ethan Evans. And he's, it's obvious he's been running. He's running from something. He's been running from something for quite a while now. Uh, one of the uh, big points about him is that uh, he is kind of burned to a crisp. So he is completely covered in a robe, black clothing, every single inch of him covered because of, um, you know, this uh, uh, physical stigma of his. And he's only has a mask with eyes and a mouth in it, and that's all you can really see of him. So it's been interesting to write, you know, his expressions when you have a character like that. But he, uh, he's, he's been shouldering the shame of this uh, really very bad act that he um, that he perpetrated uh, on a group of people in Ukraine. And, and this is just total coincidence, Matt. I mean, I started writing this thing, thinking of it and writing it in 2015. So it's, it's I mean, just, that's going to be so it's I mean, hopefully Ukraine still exists in 2066. That, but like that's. Had to make, I, I had to think about that too. I had to actually make some tweaks to it because I was like, "Oh, what if that oblast doesn't exist in what, the future?" And to be fair, um, you could always be like, "Well, I mean, they take it back, even if you know what I mean." Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I always thought I can kind of dance around it, so I left a couple of like things a little bit generic, um, just just to kind of keep it a little bit flexible for me when I, I'm continuing to write this, but. It's always yeah, funny so, when future yeah. stuff set not too far in the future gets stuff like immediately wrought, like like books written in the late eighties that like that take place in the year like three thousand, but they're still in <laughs> East and West Germany. And I'm like, yes, You're like, yeah. uh, it's there though. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's been interesting to see some of this kind of cropping up, but. Um, so Ethan and his army, you know, that they are they've been running across the entire continent for two years now, trying to escape um, the they've wronged these people in Ukraine. So they've got these vengeful pursuers that have been chasing him from one place to another. He finally ends up over in uh, North Holland. He comes across this crumbling 18th century fort. It's an, and it used to be a tourist attraction and the government shut it down years ago, but it just so happens there's a whole group of Dutch um, who are kind of refugees from their own government that have holed up in this fort and have been living there for so many years, calling it their home, their compound. And so he busts in, takes over. It's just nothing quite new to him to do this because he just needs a temporary refuge to resupply, reassess and get ready to move on to the next place. But there is a girl at the compound because there's always a girl. <laughs> so it, it, a lot of the focus um, of the story is on this um, developing relationship and um, his struggle with himself to uh, reconcile what he's done, what he is. You know, he thinks of himself as a monster, but he also kind of embraces it. He is very much an anti-hero, which I just love writing. And he has such delicious, delicious angst. So there's, there's just so much to mine there. Delicious angst. Yes, delicious Delicious. Oh, That's just, the word. You could you have know. chose any word <laughs> there, but you chose delicious. Oh, I just I just love it. I love it when I write a scene with him and he's freaking out about something. And I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all right all right the window into your soul yeah um, I, I do sound a little bit um yeah <laughs> so in uh 
in the intro, we mentioned that uh, that that there was a Newfoundland connect collection, a Newfoundland connection here. Yes. Uh, what made you settle on this character? Because you, for the people who aren't aware, are 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 not. You're on a Newfoundland centric podcast or a Newfoundland hosted podcast, mm-hmm. but you are. Uh, what what we we collectively refer to as a Yankee or, yeah. or something? Oh, right don't you use that word! Okay, because I, I was born and raised in Texas. There okay. are Yankees within our country, <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> I just tease about that because my husband is a quote unquote Yankee from Pennsylvania. So. Oh, no, uh, yeah, but, but, uh, but for, but yeah, for us, I'm, from our I'm point American. of view, y'all are. You know no. what I mean? <laughs> I'm from way. I'm from way away. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Kidding, but, uh, kidding. Yeah, but yeah, I, so what, what made you land on Newfoundland? Because it's not a st- stereotypical choice, you know what I mean? No, 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 it, it isn't. And it's funny because um, I knew that this, this. by the way, and I think this is a key point, this army that um, Ethan has uh, put together uh, is comprised of soldiers from all over the world. So I have people from all sorts of countries. And, but like with a lot of writers, I think, and, and I'm sure you're the same. Sometimes you're, you don't choose the characters. You know, you need to have this certain group of supporting actors, so to speak, but they usually will pop up and just reveal themselves. And for some reason, Thomas, Thomas Mercer just popped up as one of my main secondary characters. And uh, he was very lighthearted and outgoing, just friendly person, but had a lot of depth to him. And for some reason, he just kind of popped up and was like you know what are you at treasure and I'm like okay I know (laughs) I know who you are all right (laughs) so uh, but he's he's a really great character I love him so much he's um he's got a lot of complexity to him he uh it, it becomes pretty apparent in book one that he's dealing with some demons of his own and um he's he he tries to force this very lighthearted you know forget about it kind of attitude but uh, there are times when that darkness kind of surfaces so he's been he's been interesting to write and it's going to get more interesting too interesting interesting yeah so that's really interesting okay okay so did you know like your brain had to get that from somewhere is my question you must have known a newfoundland or seen the newfoundland accent or or watched something or something like this it had to come from somewhere yeah. for for the for, for Thomas to say Hey there, darling. What do you at? Like, like you would have had to have heard that before, unless your I, brain was like, "I know, I'll make up an accent." And I, then... I do. I love Canada as a whole, um, actually. And and uh, my husband and I actually Canada's, got married. Canada's not actually a whole. Well, there's lots of mountains there. There's I think not... just falls into it. Yeah, yeah. We're not. It's popular misconception. People say they like Canada as a whole, but we're not a whole. There's mountains, there's lots of mass. It's it's fine. It's not just emptiness. Yeah. <laughs> Tripping over into it, but horrible, no, uh, horrible yeah, pun. Horrible. I've pun. I've you know, I've always been a big kids in the hall fan and all of that kind of stuff. I know a lot of that's mainland kind of stuff too, but um yeah, and I'm and I of course I've seen the skits that, that poke fun, which you know, I I would get very defensive about that now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But um, but no, I I I've always loved Canada. My husband and I actually ended up getting married in Canada because he had been up um, on assignment in Canada for eighteen months for his job, and he introduced me to it, and uh, I fell in love. So um, it just seems so natural to have a Canadian, and for some reason my Newfoundland Newfoundland guy just popped up. That's he nice. Just, he was just perfect for this. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. 
That is lovely. It, I gotta say, it's really, as someone who is a Newfoundlander who writes chiefly fiction about America and probably gets stuff really wrong, because like, I don't know, like I write crime fiction and there's not a lot of crimes here. Like if I tried to write a crime <laughs> fiction, if I tried to write a murder mystery series set in Newfoundland, I would not be able to get 20 books out of that. I wouldn't be able to get three books out of that. Like, it would have to be three I've books. I've checked out yours, by the way. And that's why I was thinking, I was like, but there's some nice up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to set it, you know what I mean? Somewhere else. You got to set it away. Like, like, or else it just feels, I mean, you could, but because it, it's fiction. But, like, it, at some point, <laughs> it seems unrealistic. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it's really interesting to be portrayed in media because we're not usually. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I I felt that there was a lack of representation as well. And not only did he just pop up and he, once he did, I mean, he's it, you know. Oh, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. That was the same for my other characters too, you know, because I have a character Mabayoje and he's from Nigeria and he's specifically Yoruba. He yeah. just kind of popped up. He just appeared. So once they take their place, the, they're cast. And, and um, then I realized this with this good was, writers. I, I've well, met a few good yeah, writers. I've never been one, but like, oh, you know. come on. Come <laughs> on. I know better than that. I know better than that, Matthew. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, I, I, and since he did take his place rightfully, um, I, I realized how underrepresented people from Newfoundland are. And I thought, that's. Huh. <laughs> To the, point do where we lose, about that. <laughs> to the point where we lose our minds like whenever it comes up in in fiction from america like there's a episode of x-men the animated series where wolverine shows up and like this calls the crawl says saint john's newfoundland for two oh, seconds like, and that was on my wall for forever <laughs> like that one screen and it says saint john's newfoundland like our city our capital oh, city goodness. and it shows like a bunch of fishermen, like on it, like an old barren wasteland, <laughs> hauling in nets. I'm like, that's not what St. John's look like. Yeah, exactly. you pull a, give a flash of the Kitty Vitty Brewery and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, come on. Oh my lord, it's um, oh. it's funny. X Men's actually famous for that. There's that scene in the first X Men movie where like Rogue gets dropped off. She's hitchhiked to Canada. It's like she got she stops this place where there's one town and there's a shack and there's like bare knuckle fighting going on there's no buildings like i thought you were going to take me to laughlin city this is laughlin city i'm like i'm sorry oh my gosh i remember that i do remember that maybe yes. that's been buried my subconscious yeah you know, absolutely 100 percent. wonderful mm -hmm. wonderful um so this is wonderful where can people get this book because you are independently published if i'm not mistaken yep, yep. i publish under a um uh, an llc because i really am serious about it it's called riverhunt press i am nice. serious about trying to one day actually make that like a full-blown maybe probably a boutique um publishing like we did. company yeah like, like we did Yep. So you got to start somewhere. And I thought, well, this is a pretty good way to start. So that's, I did. That's but, awesome. Uh, when you are, when you're ready to take on others, I've got a big list of people that I don't have, that I have, like, there's, I don't have enough room on the schedule for all the books they want to put out. So oh, excellent. let me know. We'll, we'll, oh, we'll dude, share, share we will lists. talk. We're going to yeah, continue to talk anyway because i have several books i will still need your help with. Ab absolutely <laughs> so, absolutely but yeah, but yeah um 
you can find it anywhere and everywhere. It's on Amazon. It's in ebook form. It's in paperback. It's in hardback. Um, any, any local bookstore anywhere across the world can order it. Um, and, uh, I've, I've seen the most uh, sales happening, obviously, through Amazon because, you know, they, they rule the world. <laughs> but, but, Unfortunately. Yeah. Listen, we, we help, you and I help send Jeff Bezos to space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm so glad he had such a nice time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> On our dime, but <laughs> whatever. Yep. 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 All right. That's lovely. I'm glad you can get it everywhere. I'm going to encourage people to get it. I've read the parts I've read of it. I'm, I've got it myself. It's actually on order. So that's super happy. Oh, cool. Um, love it. Thank love it. You. Oh, yeah. I got to have it on the shelf. What are you talking about? I got to be like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm gonna, I, you know, I will make a trip one of these days up to see you guys and I will definitely sign that <laughs> if oh, you we, want. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. Let's do there. a signing. Let's do a signing <laughs> at the at the market. Let's do it. Let's, that's let's, awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Bring some books. It'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Let's definitely make a work trip of this tax deductible. The oh, trip. that's true. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. still getting used to that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Then, then, then now, we, now we can have real fun. Yeah. Now we can have a party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Sounds lovely. All right. Uh, I'm going to encourage everyone to check that out. Thank you for coming on, Karen. That was wonderful. And yeah. everyone, check out Home Beyond Hell and uh, and look for its sequels coming super duper soon. And we'll oh, have Karen on again well, when they do. Maybe not the duper part, but I'll try super soon. <laughs> Super duper is a really loose <laughs> measurement of time. Like, like that that could mean a lot it's, of things. It still feels so soon to me, and I'm a slow writer. <laughs> but no, I, I am I am hammering out uh, book two as we speak. So hopefully, and oh, and and I'm kicking off the audiobook project for book one as Darn. we speak. So that's true. So be be kind to my narrator too. <laughs> I have um, kind of told him like uh, Thomas has more of a Bayman kind of accent. Um, so and he speaks quickly. Like uh, Matt, you had advised, you know, he kind of speaks a little rapidly. So I kind of L- put that listen, little. If they need to, uh, if you need to, uh, I, listen. There's hours of right project of my voice, and there's tons of other stuff to uh, just send them my way at the end, and I can mimic it a bit for him. Thank you. I will. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. No worries. Karen Yeeke, what are three books that you would take with you on a desert island? So oh if you were going to be trapped on a One desert island, yeah, for the rest of time, what three books do you oh. need with you? Also, quick note, Right Project fans, while I have you, my latest book, As Loved Our Fathers, is on store shelves now. If you're listening to this online, you can see a link to it down in the description. I would really appreciate it if you can check it out. It's a hunt for the Holy Grail set in Newfoundland and really examines Newfoundland history. It's my most personal novel to date and brings in a lot of my thoughts on Newfoundland and Newfoundland culture that we've touched on on this show, but I've never really gotten into in my writing. So I'm really interested to see what people think of it. Please give it a check out if you have the ability. Uh, well, you can only take one of the Harry Potters. <laughs> no, you could, you could take an omnibus. That you could take then the, definitely, yeah. definitely the you Harry Potters. Stitch, stitch all seven Harry Potters together. And okay, that's, okay, that's good, one book. Good. That's one you, book. You got to give me that kind of flexibility there. Um, yeah. another one, this is, I haven't heard of this, but it's called Summer of Night, um, by 
wow, gosh, oh my gosh, I just forgot his name. It's been, I think it's Robert Simmons. Um, it's been years since I read it, but it is one of the best horror stories I have read. Really like enjoyed it. Stories. I'm a big horror story person. Nice. Um, uh, and I don't know for the third book. I almost want to take a picture book because it's kind of nice to have just something very simple to, to stare at when you're um, tired. I don't know. We might skip this one, but no, I no, always no. have trouble with these. No, not at all. This is fine. That's all I can think of. All right. You got two. All right. All right. You're <laughs> on. Two. You're on. Are kind of covered. Oh, uh, uh, you know, this is going to be very egotistical, but maybe so. Because all probably right. I would just spend the time scribbling in the margins as to, uh, nope, I don't like that line. No, I should never have written it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then you could never get the edits out there. Like imagine how exactly. frustrating it would be oh. like finding typos and then being like, no. Yeah. And I'd have to go all that trouble of pounding coconuts husks into flat pieces of paper so I could write the new version on there and nobody would be able to see it. <laughs> we'd, we'd find it long after you were gone and that'd be <laughs> weird. It'd be weird. Um, Karen Yegi, uh, what are the most intimidating books on your to-be-read list? So books that like you're there and you want to read them, but for some reason either they're too thick or they're too whatever, they're, you just can't get them read. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Huh. You know, I, I'm not sure. Uh, all right. Well, maybe I can kind of admit to this that uh, I do have a giant book of all of Shakespeare's works because you have to. Oh, yeah. I got <laughs> but, one of those somewhere. Yeah. But... And even though I enjoyed reading them, um, certain of the plays in high school, and uh, I wrote my fair share of, you know, 20-page um, papers that talked about why Titus Andronicus was actually written by him and not by a ghostwriter, you know, things like that. Um, I don't know if I, I've, I've always thought I need to go back and read the plays that I haven't read. And then I'm usually like, eh, it can wait. I mean, he's not going anywhere. Yep. <laughs> so, so yeah, and, and I feel like I'm a, bad English major for not, you know, having read all the plays of his. So I have that sitting on my shelf and it's in beautiful bound condition, <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's ever been cracked open <laughs> to tell you the truth. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'm very much the same. Yeah. Plus Shakespeare is meant to be seen. Like I yes. keep pulling out my hair and going like the author didn't intend you to read this. They yeah, intended it, it to be performed. It feels weird. I'm sorry. Even when I read them in school, I was like, it's just, uh, I'd rather just see somebody get up and do it. Just get up and do it. <laughs> I'd yep. rather act it out <laughs> than try to have to read it. All the little stage directions, you know, <laughs> which, uh, of which, of which there were usually not many, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Karen Yakey, this, uh, this is one that's often skipped. So, you know, fair warning kind of thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> Karen Yakey, author of Home Beyond Hell, uh, what is the most unfortunate character name you have encountered? Either you've written it or in your reading or whatever, but a character name that's just, oh man, who would name their, their child that? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, and, and you, and you run the risk of insulting somebody out there. 
so, yeah. <laughs> named this. Um, I would say Melvin. <laughs> okay. There's All something right. about um, Melvin that just um, it's it's good when it's applied to a character that is and oh god I'm gonna insult somebody but but no there's I a certain type there's a there's a trope no you don't even say oh, there is a certain type a, of person there's that, a weak chinned kind of I don't know sketchy dude yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who who it was um I don't know you gotta watch your back around Melvin <laughs> I don't All right. know why but uh, I hope I don't get nasty emails but anyway yeah. <laughs> all right all right uh Karen Yagi, author of Home Beyond Hell, what is your favorite place to read? Oh, my favorite place to read. At my desk <laughs> on my computer. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know it's not any more exotic than that. I know I should have said, oh, out in my garden next to the fountain with the but no, it's uh, just at my uh, my desk. <laughs> and I and I like I like it to be, you know lights very low and very cozy and i like to have an open bag of gummy bears right next to me that okay. is the epitome that's decadent that's decadent that's that's you were like oh it's, it's not fancy i'm like no no open bag of gummy bears next to you <laughs> oh, is yeah. better than champagne like what are yeah, you talking it's, about it's uh it's not it doesn't feel right if they're not there <laughs> speaking <laughs> of did way. you know that you can pour champagne into a bowl pour gummy bears into the hole into the bowl leave them there and they'll come out as alcoholic plump gummy bears oh so uh you're speaking from experience I oh yeah very much oh yeah, yeah there's gonna be a whole different kind of bag of gummy bears next to my computer yeah, <laughs> over yeah. the weekend yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> my husband's gonna come in and he's like are you still reading that book i'm gonna yeah i i'm really getting into it good book good good book <laughs> yep uh, speaking of good books, Karen Yakey, author of Home Beyond Hell, uh, what's your favorite movie adaptation of a book? Oh, absolutely, Harry Potter. <laughs> Again, I know I, I'm sort of obsessed, but yes, um, it's the, it's just hands down the best. It really is. Um, the only other one I would say is um, Never Ending Story. Because, yeah, yeah, one, yeah. because I'm very, very nostalgic for that movie. And I had read the book as a kid. We, we had it in my um, my middle school library. And it was neat because they I'd never seen a book where they did two different colors of print. Because one, they do like a, what was like green if you were in Fantasia and red if it was the real world. I've it was never a fancy, seen the it book. Was a fancy edition. But I, and it, it went way off. Um, from what the movie did and, and it turned out like they made part two the m second movie that was in the book itself so it, it was kind of interesting but that was one of the best adaptations too in my opinion but nice. Harry Potter is always hands down gotta say I've heard these stories so interesting because I, I saw it online like on streaming the other day and I was like oh man this is great and my godchildren were coming over so I was like all right like, oh, yeah. like let's let's have a movie night we got five minutes into that, and they were like, "This is the most boring thing <laughs> we've ever seen." Oh, God well, Almighty! And I'll I'm like, "What?" Though I I had rewatched it a few years ago, and I forgot how freaking depressing it was. Oh yeah, it just starts that. off, and the father and the son are just oh. sadly eating breakfast. Yeah. Now, son, you've got to get back on the, the horse part. now that your mother is dead. Yeah, and, like, what? and speaking of horses. 
that's the worst part. That ex- that's what I'm really talking about. Remember when he... he, he that's the happiest that? moment in film history. Oh, come on, Artex. You have to fight. Oh, don't give in to the depressing swap. And the horse just... Uh, that was the worst. And I thought, I don't remember this being that sad. But yeah. 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 We, we we absorb a lot of stuff as kids and we don't I'm really... shocked. I didn't... I don't think I've ever read the book slash... I don't think I was aware that there was a book. So I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, it's interesting. However, huh? however I, I do need you to... You, you're probably going to yell at me, but I've never watched past uh, the third Harry Potter movie. I just couldn't watch... I've read That's all the books. That's okay. Books. I will forgive you. As long as you've read all the books, I will I've forgive you. I've read the you. books. The movies I found were so difficult. I like the oh, third yeah. one. I just feel you know, like the third was the best. I'm like, okay, so I fell asleep three times trying to watch it and kept having to restart it. So that's my way of knowing. Stop here. Well, like, I gotta, I gotta say this. My husband, who is nothing in the way of like big fantasy watcher, and he's definitely not a reader, so you can tell he's he hasn't really been able to critique my book for me, but. Yeah. It has um, I got it. He loved the Harry Potter movies when you know they first started. And they were all carefree, and they were part one, part two, and then it started getting darker. And you know what I'm talking about. And he got to a point where he was like, "I don't want to watch this anymore." You know, because <laughs> they got to the cave where Dumbledore had to like drink the. You know, I forget. He was trying to get to the Horcrux, and it was more and more painful for him. And he was like, "Oh." And John, my husband, was like, I can't watch this anymore. It's too sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah re- really, Dumbledore is yeah. our tax. Like, he's the horse yeah, of the, yeah. he's the sad horse of the Harry Potter franchise. Or Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Right Project podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're interested in any of the books that we've featured here today, There are links in the description for you to purchase those books on Amazon. And when you use those links, Amazon kicks a tiny portion of it back to the channel, which is lovely. It helps everybody. helps the author with the sale, helps the channel, and it helps you find new wonderful books. Either way, thank you so much for listening. It's really appreciated. We'll be here every Monday at 4 p.m. on CHMR and chmr.ca, as well as every Wednesday in 2023 at 2 p.m. with a special episode highlighting Breakwater Books and their 50 years of success in Newfoundland publishing. Be sure to check both out. Please tune in, and we'll talk more about writing culture and writing culture in Newfoundland.